Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. Hey everybody, hope you're doing well today. I'm driving, so I just wanted to record my thoughts while I was driving and see if they made sense. Because sometimes my thoughts come into my mind and they gel and I want to record them before the thought leaves. Um, we're continuing our series called Mind Fitness today. and We're trying to get our minds more healthy, spiritually speaking. And there was something I've been thinking about for a while that this past Sunday sermon sort of helped me um, understand, materialize in my brain. And, and so I just want to talk about that today. This past Sunday, we spoke about a passage from Luke chapter 5 where Jesus heals a notorious sinner, uh, a crook, a tax collector named Levi. And Levi, we know the end of the story, he gets saved and he actually becomes the Apostle Matthew. It's a really amazing story. Levi was a tax collector and a notorious crook and then Jesus saved him and healed him. And that's not the end of the story because there's some a group of people there that don't really like what happened because Levi invites Jesus over to his house and Levi's a notorious sinner and Jesus goes and he enjoys a feast with Levi. But you have to remember in this story, Jesus had just healed Levi and saved Levi and Levi repented and came out of his sins and quit his evil, crooked practices as a tax collector. But the Pharisees and scribes are with Jesus and they're grumbling as they see this unfold and they're taking this grumbling to the disciples saying, why does Jesus eat and drink with people like the tax collectors? And this is where Jesus has to explain to the Pharisees and everyone that he came to this earth to heal the sick, not to heal the healthy. Not that there are any healthy. The Pharisees definitely weren't healthy. They thought they were. But Jesus hypothetically says, I, I didn't come to heal healthy people. That doesn't make any sense. I came to heal people exactly like Levi, who's a sinner and sick and in need of salvation and healing. And it's a really powerful passage because Levi becomes one of the earliest disciples and faithful followers of Jesus Christ. And that's how his story and his testimony unfolds. And so it's powerful. But there's something that I want to talk about today that's a contrast between something that I grew up thinking about Christianity and something that scripture speaks about. And if you've been in the circles that I grew up in, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. And if you didn't, I'm sorry, but I will explain what I'm talking about because I do think it's an interesting contrast and I do think uh, there's danger if we don't get it right. So let me explain what I'm talking about. Growing up, um, you know, I was told from a young age that Jesus saves. And I went to church ever since I was little, Christian church, and I grew up thinking Jesus is the Savior, and that's that's a right and good doctrine. That's something we boast about all the time. Jesus is the Savior. He's the only Savior. Without Jesus, we're doomed, and with Jesus, every single treasure from God flows to us, including the most significant eternal life. Here's the contrast, though. When I was looking at this passage from Luke chapter 5, Jesus explains to the Pharisees that he didn't come to heal the healthy. He came to heal the sick and he came to call them to repentance. And the word repentance actually means to turn around and to leave your sins. And that word's very important because Levi was a sinner. And Jesus said, Levi, I've come to heal you, which means you have to leave your sins. You can't remain in your sins and be healthy. In order to be healed, you have to leave your sins. I will forgive you but I will also save you from those sins. 
And the contrast that I want to talk about today is that I grew up thinking that Jesus saves primarily from the consequence of sins, but not necessarily from the sins themselves. Now, maybe that was my perception and not the reality. Maybe it was explained that way, but there was at least several people, if not dozens and hundreds of people confused on this matter because it definitely permeated my friend groups growing up in my own mind. And it played out pretty bad practically because of that big distinction there. Because if Jesus only saves from the consequence of sins, then we're still sinners. If that happened to Levi and Jesus came to Levi and said, Levi, I know who you are and what you've done, but you're forgiven of those things, then Levi would just continue in them. But Jesus said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I've come to call sinners out of their sin. I've come to call and save them from their sin. And that's a very big distinction because Levi is not just saved from the consequences of the sin. He is saved from those, and that's a fantastic doctrine. But he's also saved from the sinful lifestyle. And I'm going to use the word healed because Levi was healed that day. He was saved from a sinful state. He wasn't just given a get-out-of-jail-free card. That sometimes we refer to in Christianity, or get-out-of-hell-free, excuse me. Um, but he was saved from his sins. And if he's saved from his sins, he becomes a brand new person. And that's a very big distinction. And growing up, I was confused about that. I believe that Jesus sends me to heaven and forgives my sins no matter what I have done or what I do going forward. And I'm sure that was a messy way to explain what was explained to me, but that's kind of how it gelled in my mind. And that's kind of how it practically played out in my mind too. That I was saved from the consequences of my sins. But of course, I'm still a sinner. Of course, I will still sin and still live an ungodly lifestyle. And the scripture does not support that at all. Now, the scripture does support that we're going to need forgiveness along the way. We're going to need repentance along the way. And that kind of proves that this isn't going to be a perfection sanctification. That we're going to grow up and we're going to, unfortunately, slip along the way. And we're going to need forgiveness and restoration and God's healing even then along the Christian journey. But something significant that Christ does when he heals us is he saves us from our sins. In fact, the very name of Jesus was given to Mary and Joseph by the angel and said, call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's actually what the name Jesus means. And so that's a very big distinction we're making that Jesus not only heals us and forgives us, but he calls us out of the sins and he allows us to not be a sinner anymore. In fact, the term we use is actually saint. And some denominations mess up that word and you have to sort of work your way up to being a saint. But according to scripture, every single person who trusts in Jesus Christ is a saint instead of a sinner. And I want you to remove those old thoughts in your mind about what a saint means. A saint probably means in your mind, just based on other denominations and pop media, that you're kind of a perfect being. You're kind of a fully sanctified being. But that's not what scripture speaks about the word saint. The word saint just means different, uh, set apart, sanctified, with God. 
uh, healed from your sins, saved from your sins, new birth, any term you want to use like that. That's what saint means. And if saint means that, it means we're a brand new person. Now, something cool in scripture happened. Often when, when one of the most prominent people would get saved, like Saul of Tarsus, he would get a new name and he would become the Apostle Paul. And the same thing happened to Levi. Levi was a notorious crook and scoundrel. And when he got saved, he got a new name and he became the Apostle Matthew. And I believe that was helpful because now you were able to say and see that these people were totally different people. And that was helpful for those people because they were able to see the contrast between who they used to be and who they are now. And nowhere in scripture are we commanded, <coughs> excuse me, commanded to get new names. Uh, nor do I think that is a good idea. I don't really know about that one, but that's not the point. The point isn't a new name, but the new name did help see the contrast between old sinner and new saint. So Saul of Tarsus was able to say, I'm not Saul anymore, I'm Paul. And Paul lives for different things. Paul is a different person. Paul's not chained down by any sins. And we do know this doctrine to be true because it is laced throughout Scripture. It's really hard to dodge that we're saved from our sins and not just the consequences of our sins. And we even sing songs like, you know, my chains are gone, I've been set free. And I, I really hope and believe that that song means we're saved from the sins and not just the consequences of our sins. But one of the deadliest false doctrines out there <clears throat> is that Christians can be saved from their sin, or excuse me, from the consequences of their sins, but not saved from their sins. So basically the way it plays out is this, and this is not the way it's explained, but this is the way it plays out because it has to play out that way, is that if we're saved from the consequences, but not from the sins, is we basically have a license to sin. That's basically how it plays out, is I still sin, I still can sin, I still must sin, I just don't pay for my sins. And you can see how deadly and dangerous that doctrine is and evil that doctrine is because that basically means that Christians can remain scoundrels and wicked, evil, selfish person and just not have to pay for their sins. And sometimes I've heard people explain it that way, going, I'm not perfect, but I'm forgiven. And I think that's just a dangerous line of thinking that um, we can remain who we were, we just don't have to go to hell for it. So I can still commit sin and I will commit sin. And of course, I'm a sinner still. But when I stand before God, he's going to go, doesn't matter. You believed in Jesus. So you're forgiven from all your sins, no matter how evil you were from that moment. And so you're going to heaven. And that's not in scripture at all. It's not. If you would read scripture, you would find the easy easy doctrine that we are saved from our sins and therefore we have to live holy. We have to live different. We have to be sanctified, which is basically a fancy term for mature in Christ likeness. And if we're not sanctified, and it is a process, we do slip along the way unfortunately, but even though that's a messy process and that, that takes basically our entire lives to get to the point of full sanctification, if we're not sanctified when we stand before Jesus on the last day, then we're not saved and we're not going to heaven. If we are not saved from our actual sins and have become a different person with new patterns and practices and loves and hates, and we become like the Lord Jesus in our thought process and our actions, and we love him more and we love others more, if, if that stuff is not happening in our life and we're casting off sin as we see it, 
then we need to be very careful thinking that we're saved. Because Jesus unlocks the chains of sin. And one of the best parallels, I think, for this in Scripture is Lazarus. And it's not a direct parallel, but it's such a unique parallel because Lazarus is a friend of Jesus and he dies. Lazarus dies. And Lazarus is representing the dead sinner in this parallel. Because Lazarus is good and dead by the time Jesus arrives at his tomb. He's been dead for four days. He's he's dead. There's no chance that he's kind of alive. He's been buried. He's been entombed. He, his body stinks. He's been dead so long. And so when Jesus comes to Lazarus, he's he's been dead a long time. But we know what Jesus is able to do. He's able to save and to heal. So he goes to where Lazarus is in the tomb and he asks them to roll the stone away. And it's very similar to Jesus' own resurrection. Um, but once they roll the stone away, Jesus yells into the tomb, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus comes out of the tomb. And back in the day, they would have, you know, kind of wrapped him up like a mummy. And so he had all these burial clothes on him. And so Lazarus comes out of the tomb walking like a walking mummy. And Jesus says, you know, take those clothes off him. He's alive. He's not dead anymore. And it's, it's an astonishing story. But it represents what I'm talking about today. Because Lazarus isn't just made alive in a sort of legal sense. As if Lazarus, even though you are dead, we're going to pretend like you're alive and we're going to call you alive. And it's kind of like that old movie, which is probably a really bad movie, so I don't recommend it. But you probably remember the premise, uh, Weekend at Bernie's, where they kind of drag this dead guy along and uh, along them and they make, they make it seem as if Bernie's still alive. They put his sunglasses on him. They make his hands move. And it's like, hey, Bernie's back. Hey, Bernie, good to see you. And Bernie's dead the whole time. That's not what's going on with Lazarus. Jesus actually heals Lazarus and Lazarus becomes alive again. So Lazarus has new, brand new life. And that's what Jesus does for us at the moment of salvation is he gives us brand new life with him. And now, just like Lazarus, he tells us to come out of our sins. Come out. Lazarus, come out of your tomb because you're not dead anymore. And Christian, saint, come out of your sins because you're not a sinner anymore. You're a saint. So you can stop being the person you used to be. You don't have to think the way you used to think. You don't have to live the way you used to live. You don't have to make the same actions and choices that you used to make. If you struggled with lust, you don't have to be lustful anymore. If you struggled with anger while you were a sinner, you don't have to be angry anymore. If it was greed or covetousness or whatever, idolatry, you don't have to be that person anymore. Your chains are gone. You've been set free. And now you're a brand new person. And I believe the devil loves that false doctrine because he loves to make us think that we're still in our chains. Oh, sure, he says, you know, you're saved from the consequences of your sins. He actually loves that doctrine because what that means is we'll continue to sin and believe that on the last day we'll just be forgiven from those sins. But that's not in Scripture. If we're not saved from our sins, we're not saved from the consequences of those sins either. And that's a very big distinction, and, and it's all over, unfortunately, um, Protestant Christianity that we remain sinners but we're forgiven from our sin and the scripture doesn't support it it's it's not in there you have to really do some pretty amazing scriptural gymnastics to make that doctrine work because it's not in scripture Jesus saves us from our sins and we become a brand new person with new habits and new practices and new loves and we become like our Lord Jesus in everything or we're supposed to 
And I want to make that distinction because I want you to give, I want you to have confidence today that you can be different. That if you're saved, it's, getting saved is a very simple process. It's simple belief in Jesus. It's simple understanding of who he is and what he came to do and that you accept that and believe that and want that and you're going to turn away from your sins. That's the part of it. That's the repentance part. You have to do that part. But you're going to start following Jesus. And it's very simple. Even a child can do it. A um, person with no education can do it. And that's the point. It's designed for everybody to take and receive. But once you become a new person, Jesus makes you able to live differently. And I want you to understand that today. That means you have power and victory over sin. And the devil doesn't want you to know this and think this today. Because this is a really powerful doctrine. If you're a brand new person, you can be totally different. You can say no to sin. You can say yes to holiness. You can say yes to love. You can live like Jesus. And if you can live like Jesus, that now means that there are dozens and hundreds and thousands and maybe even millions of little Christs upon the earth. And do you see what happened? Jesus just multiplied himself to maybe thousands and millions of people. And the devil knows that's a tremendous threat to his kingdom. So he has to neutralize that by telling us that we're not saved from the sin, certainly. Sure, we're saved from the consequence of sin, but we got to keep sinning because we're sinners. And the scripture says, no, no, everything has become new in 2 Corinthians. And John 3, you've been born again. And Levi becomes Matthew and Saul becomes Paul. And you're a brand new person and your chains have been removed and you need to come out of your sinful tomb and start living brand new. And I, I want you to find that victory and that confidence today that you can stand up to the devil. That when he dangles the sin before you and says, you're always this person, you're always going to be this person. We know who you are. You can't say no to this. Is that you can remember what Jesus came to do to save you from your sins and you can stand up and walk away from the devil. Walk out of your tomb because your chains aren't on you anymore. And I'm telling you biblically and I'm telling you from firsthand experience that there were sins that controlled me as a young 20-something. And once I realized what Jesus had done for me, I stood up, I believed what he said, and I walked out of my tomb to never walk back in again. And I now had victory over sins that before, it was laughable that I would ever stop those sins. And now they're not a part of me anymore. And it's simply because of what Jesus had done for me saving me from my sins, healing me, making me a new person. And yes, it's still the process. I have a long way to go to become fully like Jesus and fully sanctified. But I'm on my way. I'm going that direction. And by God's grace, I will get there one day. And I have power, unique power from God to be different, to be holy, to say no to sin, to stand up to the devil. And I want you to find that confidence as well. Look at the story of Levi. Consider what happened to that man. Consider what happened to Paul. Consider what happened to me. I hope consider what happened to yourself. And if you don't have that power to say no to sin, that you need to consider yourself unsaved. Because if you are saved, you have power to stand up to the devil. And I believe the way you figure that out is just try it. Try to say no to sin. Stand up to the devil and say, you don't own me anymore. And don't sin. <laughs> and if you simply cannot do that, then you need to go to Jesus Christ for actual healing because that means you don't have it yet. Because once you have healing, you can stand up to sin. In fact, you must stand up to sin and the devil. And you must be different. But the greatest thing about it is you can be. And you can be a brand new person thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we should all be little Christs now because of what's happened in our lives. And let this world see so many 
different little Christs, that it would impact them to also find the same power and healing that Jesus provides. I hope this is an encouragement to you. Thanks for listening to my heart today. And uh, many blessings to you. We'll talk to you next time. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.